0: You can find it on my website at one onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning, everyone. How are you doing today? Mike Zuber, One Rental at a Time. And I thought it was time I put together a presentation kind of addressing my disagreement with many of the YouTube prognosticators that are talking about a real estate crash of 30 to 50% right around the corner. Many of them are calling it in 2021 and I wanna be on record. I wanna record this video and say that 2021 will see single family homes in the US up double digits. We are going to see price increases nationally of at least 10% across the nation in 2021. What I've done is I've created a presentation, I'm tackling, Uh, What a lot of those YouTube entertainers have highlighted, forbearance, frustrated landlords with evictions, unemployment rates. We're going to tackle those up front, highlight why I am not all that concerned about the impact on 2021, and then highlight all the goodness that these YouTubers are missing. If you don't know, I've been in the real estate business 20 years. I saw and felt the real estate run-up last time. I saw the crash coming. I got out of single-family homes. And all of that is documented in this book. You need to check it out on Amazon. It's also on Audible. But what you'll find in this book is if you look at your market every day, you really understand what's going on. You can see when something's unaffordable. You can see when lending changes. You can see when the hedge funds come in. I've seen it all. And, you know, if you want to know more about us, Olivia and I, buy the book, see our story. We went from a single family home to financial freedom. We did this while living in a ridiculously expensive part of the country. And, you know, we invested in a market we didn't know. So it really comes down to watching and learning your market every day. In addition to that, I generally believe. Uh, You know, the glass is half full, there's a silver lining, uh, where while I see record Q4 bankruptcies, for example, I see record 2021 grand openings. There are some very scary YouTube shows out there, and I've seen them, and I leave them frightened. So I wanted to put together a presentation. It's about 10, maybe 12 slides. Bear with me for about probably 15 minutes, and we're going to go through why I think, again, nationally speaking, single-family homes will be up double digits next year. And again, I will cover uh, forbearance, frustrated landlords with evictions, and unemployment right at the beginning. But do me a favor, before we bring up the presentation, I'd like you to give me a thumbs up. Let me know that this was a topic that was of interest to you. And if you don't mind multiple original pieces of content every day, do yourself a favor and subscribe. I have a daily show at 730 where we talk about the financial news. Uh, I am in the real estate business growing uh, my portfolio. Uh, This is all I do now. I create content to try to help people. So do me a favor, subscribe, notify, thumbs up. All right, let's go. Share the screen. Here we go. Let's make this a little bit bigger. Okay, let's move this picture. I don't know if you can see it. I think you can. Let me move it up here. All right, so again, kind of qualify this. I do think there will be some cities that are hurt, New York, San Francisco. I did a video on those cities last week or so talking about the pain that's coming. But here, just like all the YouTube entertainers who have not been doing this, many of them were in high school in the last crash. I've been through this, I've seen the daily changes, I've seen what banks do, I've I've seen people go bankrupt. So we're gonna talk about single family homes in 2021 for the nation. This is not, I repeat, not a call on every city. Some cities, big, tall, urban, vertical cities will feel pain and the pain might be significant. This is a national discussion. So I know, and I've seen many YouTubers, YouTubers talking about depression 2.0. Uh, you know, time to get your food and your guns. Uh, you know, a 30 to 50 percent collapse is right around the corner. I not only think that is wrong; I think it's um, clickbait. I think it's disgusting. Uh, but you know, let's have a discussion. Let's talk about what they're banking on because it's pretty clear. Uh, And then we will talk about why I'm not concerned. And then we'll talk about all the good things that they miss. So here's one. The most often number quoted in these discussions is there's 3.1 million people in forbearance. Yes, that is a big number. But in reality, that just shows you how different this time is from last time. There There will undoubtedly be some foreclosures and short sales that come out of this number. But it is going to be a minuscule amount compared to what it would have been. Again, having invested and seen the carnage last time, banks said, "Don't, we won't help you until you're 90 days late. And what that did last time is if you got two months down, there was an 80% chance you got foreclosed on or had a short sale. Banks are not doing that again. They do not want to take back properties, people. So of the 3.1 million people in forbearance today, there will be some percentage that catch up. They're using it as a payment holiday. They were nervous. Uh, Many of them may have kept their jobs, but they were nervous. Second, a percentage of them will absolutely have the you know, balance created is a 0% interest second. Again, banks do not want the property. So if you were unemployed for six or nine months, but got another job, they are very likely, not guaranteed, but there will be a percentage, and I would argue a decent percentage, that will just say, hey, take that 12 grand or eight grand or 20 grand. We're going to stick it on as a second. You will pay us after the first is paid, when you sell or when you refi. They will get their money, and then again, a big percentage will stay in their house. Next, some people will get to the end of this and need to sell. They're going to move. They found a job in another state. Um, They're going to be renters, but they're going to sell, and they're going to have equity. The issue with forbearance is it doesn't matter how long you've had your home. You might have been in your home 28 years, but you still need forbearance. Do you think that seller is going to lose that home when their loan balance is like 4% or 6% of balance? No, they're going to list it, they're going to sell, they're going to move on. And then finally, there is a percent that will go to foreclosure. Now here's the deal about foreclosure. We can argue the percentage but you cannot argue the timeline. This is what all the young YouTube entertainers forget. They, suddenly, they think that suddenly, because there's 3, 3 million people in forbearance, that in March, there's going to be 3 million foreclosures. Well, go look at history. That is not how it works. It's just not how it works. Even if you had all 3.1 million of these folks go into foreclosure, there is a foreclosure timeline. And just so you know, the clock has not started. A forbearance is an agreement between the borrower and the lender. The foreclosure clock does not start until there is a disagreement. The borrower wants to be paid, or I'm sorry, the lender wants to be paid and the borrower can't. That is the first missed payment. None of these people in forbearance have officially missed a payment yet. The foreclosure clock has not started. So in normal times, foreclosures take about seven months in the fastest states. But if we have a huge wave of foreclosures, like these YouTube entertainers are talking about, and there are cities decimated by forbearance, we could see a repeat of 08, where California saw foreclosure times exceed 700 days, two years. We saw uh, uh, Nevada or Las Vegas have foreclosure times of almost three years. And of course, New York, a judicial state, same with Florida, where you could see foreclosures take three months or three years, three years. So again, remember what I'm calling. I am saying that all these calls for a 2021 crash are inaccurate. And one of their linchpins, one of the things they are banking on Is a wave of foreclosures from these 3.1 million people in forbearance. So again, there will be lots of people that cure themselves. They make it up or get a second or sell with equity. And whoever is left, they will not be foreclosed on in 2021. There will not be a huge wave of foreclosures. It just doesn't work that way. I don't know why these folks didn't go look at history, but they clearly didn't. Now, foreclosures could impact 2022. They could impact 2023. But remember, my call is on 2021 because I don't like the fact that all of these people are scaring you into inaction. Learn your market, see if you're going to benefit or not. Okay, that's one. Here's one the frustrated landlords. Now, this is me, uh, and I talk with landlords. Now, you can argue my experience is biased, but I would argue my experience is better than all the talking heads calling for a crash. I've talked to dozens, if not hundreds. And here's the deal. Yes, 2020 has been painful. Yes, we have tenants not paying. Yes, we have had to dig into our savings. It doesn't feel good. Yes, but we will eventually get to a point where we will evict that tenant some point we're going to have a choice at that point so we get to the eviction we kick the tenant out we have a couple of choices we can either stick a new tenant in called re rent we could evict remodel and sell which i think is going to be a huge driver and again These landlords are smart. They will not be selling junk. They will be selling at-market, owner-occupied homes, again, where people need product. And yes, there will be some foreclosures. But just like in the moratorium or the forbearance, foreclosures take 7 to 24 to 36 months. Foreclosures will come in drips and drabs years from now months from now. The frustrated landlords, once they get through this, they lick their wounds. Some will re-rent, some will sell, but they're not going to sell junk. They're going to clean them up and they're going to sell to owner occupants, which will mean less rentals and higher rents for the landlords that choose to stay in the game. Another one I keep hearing about is unemployment. Everybody is quoting a different number. I don't know what the number is. Let's just say we have somewhere between 7 and 12 million people. That is all horrible, all bad. Can't say anything good about that. But again, as someone who owns lots of units, uh, I can tell you the greatest pain is being felt in apartments, not houses. Um, while there is arguably 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, whatever number you want to put unemployed, that still means there's 85, 87, 91, 94% employed. And when you look at what's going on with employment, work from home, quality of life, the ability to move from a high tax to low tax state, it is a wonderful time to go in and look for a home to buy birth rent. So again, unemployment bad, not putting any, it's just bad. But when you realize where the unemployment numbers are skewed, it is in the renter class. It is in the you know, non-white collar, you know, at least to date, that is evolving. But we've had markets that go up when there's high unemployment. So again, pointing at unemployment, waving your arms, saying the sky is falling, is not appreciating the subtleties and the uniqueness of this market. All right, so here's the deal. Those first three scenarios are going to produce some extra supply. And extra supply into an environment where demand has fallen hurts. That's why we saw the 08 crash. The 2008 crash compounded itself and grew because demand fell 66%, 63%, 63% in 2008 while supply was growing weekly. There will be some urban cities that have cascading inventory just grow and grow and grow and grow, prices are gonna fall. However, inventory in the suburbs, rural areas, the top 15 markets, I did a video a week ago on the hottest 15 markets, none of those 15 markets will have enough inventory from either frustrated landlords or forbearance to bring prices down. It can't happen. The average days on markets is nine. If you doubled the inventory, it wouldn't impact it. They have less than a month's supply, folks. You talk about these 3 million forbearance and maybe that similar number in frustrated landlords. The inventory will not come on the market in a huge wave. It's going to be a trickle. And when it's a trickle, the inventory will be consumed quickly. What we are seeing is there's not enough inventory in once sleepy suburbs. Folks, it's changing. And you're not seeing it. People are leaving expensive, dense urban cities for the suburbs. Space is good. And right now, the suburbs aren't ready. There's not enough housing. Supply-demand 101, not enough housing, prices go up. 2021, prices are going to go up. So I have a few slides to highlight that. So let's talk about the goodness, right? I really do believe 2021 is going to be about demand. It's going to be about the supply-demand imbalance. And I believe demand in most of the country is going to dwarf supply, making prices go up 10% or more. First, let's appreciate where we are. We still have 30 year below 3%. I believe what this does is it allows class A urban renters to become owners and save money. I've talked about in past discussions with you how a renter in San Francisco or New York could have been spending four grand on rent. They now become homeowners in a suburb 60, 90 minutes away. And their new mortgage payment is. 1,800, two grand. That is happening in record numbers and it's building, it's accelerating. And again, the suburbs aren't ready. Look at these cities, the hottest 15 markets. They're not ready and you can't build homes fast enough. Folks, prices are going to go up in the suburbs. These people calling for a crash are not paying attention. They're trying to get the clicks with a scary title. They're not trying to make you money. I am trying to help you. Here's another one that these folks are looking backwards and they're not appreciating the realities of a changing demographic. The millennials are the largest population or largest generation. And they have long since believed that they are going to be renters forever. That has been proven wrong and slowly recently but is accelerating. I believe millennials will be buyers at an accelerated rate for the next three to five years. They are going to buy homes. They understand. They like being mobile. They like being outdoors. They are not going to buy a home in San Francisco or Manhattan. They are going to the country. They are going to the suburbs. They are going to live below their means. I've done a lot of research on millennials recently, because I think understanding the millennials is important for my portfolio. If I understand where the largest generation will be going over the next 10 to 20 years, I can position my portfolio to profit. And right now, they are going to the suburbs. They are becoming owners of first-time homes. And if you know that, you can invest ahead of that. So what's happening with the rich baby boomers, rich Generation X? Well, many of them are either bu- have or buying or a second home in the suburbs and relocating, at least for the time being. They are also seeing that space is good. We have done a lot of research about the people leaving New York for Florida and other places, Californians, Californians going to Las Vegas, Texas. They have options, right? Again, 90% of us are employed. So if they're not spending money on vacations or other things, they can secure a second home, change where they live, and lower their monthly expenses because taxes go down. Folks, space is good. Demand is going to skyrocket across most of the country. There'll be a few cities that get hurt, but most of the country The suburbs aren't ready. Look at where all the development was in late 19. It was all urban. That is going to prove to be one of the worst calls ever. The suburbs don't have housing. It's all existing. It's not housing tracks being developed. So when that happens, when you want to go to Boise, Idaho, or Nashville, Tennessee, or Salt Lake City, or wherever it is, you're going to be buying an existing home. There's nothing on the market. So prices go up. Something else that is very real is people are leaving high tax states. Look at all the exit California discussions on YouTube. Well, a lot of those mean housing are being purchased. Graham steffen's a great example. I think he bought a $2 million home in California and like three months later, he He's moving to Vegas. He didn't sell his Los Angeles home near as I know. I think he turned it into a rental. But those are again, causing transactions. So when you look at Las Vegas and you wonder why they keep having record breaking prices, it's because they are attracting wealth from other states. I did a video on New York City, San Francisco and Las Vegas. And Las Vegas is going to, if, if, if Las Vegas feels pain, It will be years behind New York and San Francisco. It just is. And here is the reality that these talking heads on YouTube seem to forget. We have a large housing shortage. It is acute, it is painful, it is unfixable in 2021 in the suburbs. The suburbs aren't ready. There are suburbs across the country that haven't built a 1,000 new homes in a year, in decades. And now, they have new people coming. They're picking over inventory that's available. They're paying nearly any price, waiving, appreciate, or waiving, waiving appraisal conditions, and they're buying for cash. Single-family homes in the suburbs are going to be hot, hot, hot single family homes are not going to crash nationally in 2021. I believe it is impossible unless interest rates double for some reason, that's the only caveat I will give you. Something else I want to highlight if you are a landlord like myself, values are gonna increase. I expect Fresno, California to see value increase 10 to 20% over the next two years that's meaningful. Behind that value will be rent. Single family rentals are going to go up 10% at least. I don't know about you, but when I have a mortgage rate below 3% and I can get a rent increase you know, of 10, 15%, now you have to watch rent control and things of that nature. So you will be capped if you have an existing tenant. But if you change tenants... I believe rent increases will be substantial. Folks, all of these talking heads on YouTube have failed Economics 101. The demand is greater than the supply. The demand is greater than the supply in most of the country because the suburbs are hot and there's been no new developments. In addition, let's not forget that housing is an inflation hedge And if you're not paying attention, I can let you know that inflation in building materials is real. Four by fours on some accounts are up 300%, two by four is 100%, plywood up 30%. Now, some of these are just supply, demand imbalances. But again, we get into next year, we have the suburbs racing to build more homes. We have a federal national infrastructure investment Cement, steel, wood, plywood, roofing, windows, all of these things that go into a house are going to get more expensive. When you raise the cost of new construction, it pulls the price up for existing. Folks, pricing is going up in single-family homes at least 10% next year. Here's the deal. Vertical living urban living in small cramped space is out. This is a change. It is going to impact the next five to 10 years. A free standing home with yards and space is in. And we do not have enough. More importantly, we do not have enough where people want to live. And when that happens, supply demand says, Prices go up and up. To close out, U.S. single-family homes for the United States are going to rise at least 10% by the end of 2021. We will not have a housing crash. We will not have 30 to 50% decrease in single-family homes. Demand exceeds supply, and the markets are hot today. Single-family, again, will not crash nationally forbearance, frustrated landlords, unemployment, is a drag, but it is not a national catastrophe. All right. So hopefully that makes sense. Again, I just had to create this and come out on the other side and say, you know what? 2021 is going to be a good year for single family homes. So let me know what you think. Feel free to leave comments below. Again, Mike Zuber, One Rental at a Time. If you want to know our story, pick up the book. There's a lot in here. I invested before the crash, during the crash, after the crash, when banks told me to go away and we saw the hedge funds coming and how they just disrupted my market. It's a pretty interesting read. Take care of yourself and don't forget to subscribe and like. Bye-bye.